0: Welcome to Life 360 with Tim Jacobs. Get ready for your 30-minute shot of non-stop discussion about the issues that matter most on the journey of following Jesus. Life 360 with Tim Jacobs takes you to the intersection of faith and life, gospel and culture, and helps you make sense of it all. Now, here's your host, Tim Jacobs. Good afternoon, Valley of the Sun. Tim Jacobs here. Welcome to Life 360 with Tim Jacobs. This is your 30-minute why with God, your spiritual Zumba class, trampoline aerobics for your soul here on 1280 KXEG. Also on the TuneIn Radio app, anywhere in the world, around the world, Right here, right now. But I got to tell you, if you are anywhere in the world except for Phoenix, Arizona, you are missing out because it is an absolutely beautiful, gorgeous day. As I was driving into the studio just now, I was saying, Lord, all I want for Christmas is a convertible because the weather is so beautiful. It's perfect. And right as I'm praying this to God, this convertible drives by and the top is up. And I'm thinking to myself, what is wrong with you, man? This is the most perfect day you can imagine. So I want to tell you right now, wherever you are, if you drive a convertible, if God has blessed your soul to the point where he has provided you with a convertible, you need to pull over at the nearest, most safe place that you can get to, because you can't do this while you're driving. I know because I've tried. You need to pull your car over and put the top down and leave it down, okay, until like May, all right, because it is just too beautiful out there. But you can listen to us here every Tuesday, 4 p.m. to 4.30 p.m. The number is 602-368-3776. Now, my voice is sounding better. Last week, as one guy said, he said, Tim, you sound like you're on crack which I did not take as a compliment, but I'm feeling much better. My voice is getting much clearer. We have all kinds of things to talk about today, and I don't even know where to start. But if you want to call in and talk about anything, you've got to call 602-368-3776. I would love to speak with you. Now, there are all kinds of things going on in the news I am not a conspiracy theorist. That's one thing you're going to learn about me. I'm I'm a skeptic at heart. I try to go, wait a second, that sounds a little too good to be true. And as my dad taught me a long time ago, if it's something too good to be true, it probably is. But, so I'm not a conspiracy theorist. But did you see this? So, I think it was yesterday. Benjamin Watson plays for the New Orleans Saints. He's interviewed on CNN on his reaction to Ferguson. And what he did was wrote a brilliant and amazing article about his opinion about Ferguson. Benjamin Watson is an African-American. This was reposted and reposted and reposted all over social media. He's a Christian man. And he is famous for the line in which he said, Ferguson is not a skin problem, it's a sin problem. And so he's talking to the anchor, Brooke Baldwin. On CNN, and as he's talking, he says this I quote, it's not the skin, the issue is sin. And I firmly believe that the issue is that internally we are flawed. Internally, we need salvation from our sin. And he says the name Jesus Christ. And wouldn't you know it, just as he is bringing it, I mean, he is being real and raw about what he believes, all of a sudden, the screen just wipes out. Benjamin Watson is gone. <laughs> When all you see is static on the screen, right? And Brooke Baldwin's response, I mean, I, I don't know this woman at all. I've not really seen her much. I watched CNN a little bit. Okay, I have respect for them. They're, they're a good news organization overall, all right? But she needs to go to acting school because all of a sudden she just goes, she says, whoop, just like that, we lost him. And you're going, I just don't believe you. I'm sorry. It looks so incredibly staged. The minute he starts talking about Jesus, and not just saying Jesus in some kind of very mellow way, but really speaking with conviction, boom, he's gone. Now let me ask you a question. Except when they're filming something from Afghanistan, when was the last time CNN lost a feed like that? I mean, are you kidding me? Come on. I mean, even I, who am not a conspiracy theorist, I don't think that there are forces out there all the time trying to wreck every little kind of thing. I'm, I'm kind of a realistic guy, but give me a break. Okay? So, which, by the way, based on that, leads me to another one of our... Look out. Well, you got it. Here we go. About to get hit with another Apologetic. I don't know why you always have to be judging me. Because I only believe in science. Okay, listen. This is another installment of the Apologetics SmackDown, this little unit in a show once in our show once in a while, where we just tell you exactly how it is, okay? And here's my problem with this whole thing. If you don't want to hear the Christian perspective then what perspective are you going to listen to? What other plan do you have? The fact of the matter is, is our secular friends, as wonderful and as well-meaning as they might be, they have no plan when it comes to racism. They have no plan when it comes to equality. They have no foundation with which to establish human value. They don't have anything. They have, you evolved by accident... Your life is an accident. Your future is an accident. And you have no more value than the tree or the rock or the bird you're trying to shoot or the chicken you just ate at Chick-fil-A or the steak you shouldn't eat or whatever the case. You have no value. And so with that as a foundation, the secularists get all the attention in the world and then they try to sell us on the need for valuing human life as equals. Are you kidding me? Here's my problem. My problem is, I've seen all over the news, black lives matter. Hashtag black lives matter. And they do matter. But you know what also matters? Their opinions. Black opinions matter as well. So don't shut them down. Don't shut down our African American friends who have an opinion that may just include the word Jesus. If you're going to talk about free speech, if you're going to value free speech, If you're going to be honest and say we want to learn about the opinions of others, then do what you say you're going to do. But don't resort to goofy tricks and false technical glitches and unbelievable, remorseful apologies about these kinds of things. 602-368-3776. Black Lives Matter, CNN. And yeah, so do their opinions. They matter too, even when their opinions include Jesus. There is another article that I want to point to, that I want to get into today, because in the midst of everything, this is is an underlying issue that continues to be a driver in our culture. And it comes from Breitbart.com. I read this yesterday. My friend David White out in California posted this on his Facebook page, and I picked it up. And the article is called The Sexodus Part One, The Men Giving Up on Women and Checking Out of Society. And this article starts off this way. The author says this. The author is uh, Milo Yiannopoulos. I probably totally butchered that, but he seems to be a pretty good author. He says this, my generation of boys, is, this is, I quote, my generation of boys is... Well, messed up. There's a different word there, but we'll say messed up. Says Rupert, a young German video game enthusiast. Already a problem there, but we'll save that for a moment. A, young, a German video game enthusiast I've been getting to know over the past few months. Divorce means, this young Rupert goes on, divorce means you're screwed for life. Women have given up on monogamy, which makes them uninteresting to us for any serious relationship or raising a family. That's just the way it is. Even if we take the risk, the chances the kids won't be ours, and on and on and on. And and in school, they give us a hard time. This guy goes on and on. But the idea is, the, the focus of the article is this, that men now are the ones that saying women are the ones that have the problem. We're giving up on them, and we're going to stay in the basement with a video game and an endless supply of rockstar energy drinks. And we're just going to live with it. Cause if we, as long as we have a, a steady diet of pornography and we have an internet connection and we have a couple of buddies and enough money to make it through the day, this is going to be our lives. And what was fascinating to me wasn't just merely the fact that this article was written and, and, and quoted this way, but the comments that followed so many of them said, yeah, Finally, somebody is telling it like it is for the 20-something male. So let me ask you this. Do you believe it? Do you agree? Have men given up on women? Should they give up on women? Is this true? Because of the feminist movement, which is cited as being something that takes away a man's ability or desire or need the need for a man to provide, the need for a man to protect, the need for a man to be there to raise a family and children when the government can do it for you. Or a woman can go out and get childcare and she can go work a job and she can do her thing and she doesn't need the guy who makes the mess and leaves the toilet seat up like yours truly can sometimes do and forget to pick up the underwear off the floor. I'm just being honest with you. Okay. Talk to my beautiful bride. And you know, that's one of the, like, thanks for playing, but that's part of the deal when you get me, but I do my best. But see, the amazing thing is this for generations, we've known it's always been the women that are saying, where are the men? Where are the men? And now the men are saying, where are the women. Where are the women? We're not interested anymore. We're interested in them for sex, whether it's virtual or one night stand or whatever else, but in terms of a long-term commitment, we don't really have an interest. Now that is fascinating to me. Do you agree with this? Give me a call. Is this your experience? Is this the experience of someone you know? 602-368-3776. Give me a call. I want to talk about it. Respond to this. Now, that being said, I want to give you, men, a couple of responses to this in case this is how you're feeling, because I don't necessarily want you to get away with that thought. I'd rather, as a guy who's 40 years old, I got three kids, I've been married for 16 plus years, and I am not a perfect guy. I was not captain of the football team. I did not have a letterman's jacket. I was kind of a skinny guy. I was fairly intelligent, but I wasn't winning any, uh, you know, I wasn't invited to the Mensa picnic. So you're talking about a guy that maybe wasn't the superstar of the world, but I just tried to live my life in a way that said, I think I'm going to try to move forward and accomplish something. But I want to give you, I wrote down some, 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 some guidelines for you guys. And I want you to take these men. I want to help you today. So you don't, you're not like this guy that they feature in the picture, who is sitting in front of a, a TV screen, and he's got like a like a tattoo of his spinal cord on his back and whatever else, and he's sitting in his underwear. It's kind of a funny picture, but it's, it's like a picture's worth a thousand words. So let me dive into a couple of things here. And first of all, here's the biggest problem, because women are saying, you know what, I don't know where the men are. And men are saying, I don't know where the women are. M- women are saying, I'm interested in a man, I'll raise a kid of my own. And men are saying, I'm not, I don't want to raise a kid. I just want to play video games and hang out and do my job and party and whatever else. You know where the biggest problem comes from? Once again, it is a deeply spiritual problem because we've got sex wrong. We got it all wrong. See, the minute we blur the lines as to what sex is for, all of a sudden we have no idea how to relate to one another. So when a man meets a woman... The woman has no The woman feels like, okay, if I if I'm nice to him, if I go on a date with him, he's gonna expect to have sex with me. He's gonna expect that we should do this because these this is the rules of society. This is what we see on TV, this is what we see in the movies. And the man says, Well, maybe I don't want to do it on the first date, but hey, after the second, third, or fourth date, if I can't get lucky with this girl, then she doesn't care about me. She doesn't love me because that's what my buddies are saying. So there's all this confusion because we've lost a very simple basic, foundational, defining point in the relationship between men and women, and that is this. Sex is only between a man and a woman in a marriage relationship. Now, you can laugh at that, and you can say that was from the 1960s or the 1860s, and that is long gone and it's not coming back, but that is the single biggest Problem when it comes to male female relationships because now everyone is suspicious of the other and we don't know how to act around one another. In this article, over and over, you're hearing these men say, I don't know how to conduct myself around a woman. I feel awkward around a woman. I don't know how to handle myself. You agree? Give me a call 602 368 3776. Let's talk about this because I'm telling you the number one thing, guys, and gals is we've got to get back to a basic fundamental foundation and that is this that sex is only between a married man and a married woman and that's not just some religious tripe from long ago that that is what defines and translates that's what clears the fog of male-female relationships so if we could somehow get back to that. So guys, here's what you do. Let me just give you, let me help you out. If you're, if you're intimidated by women or you're tired of women or you don't know what to do around women, okay? The first thing you do is you make a commitment between you and God and you say, God, I don't care what happens. I am going to honor you by not having sex with a woman until I have a ring on my finger and I belong to her and we have gotten married to each other. You know, I tell this to my couples. I do weddings. In fact, I have a wedding website, but I won't. I don't want to advertise my business right now. I'll talk about it some other time. But I tell couples, and whether they're Christians or non Christians, I say, "Look, if and use most of the time, almost every couples they're they're living together, they're involved sexually." And I say, "I got a little experiment for you. Don't have sex between now and the time you get married. Okay, just keep your hands off each other. Don't have sex between now and the time you get married. That's a challenge, right?" And they look at each. They look at me like, "Are you are you out of your mind?" I go, "Just just trust me." And see if by the, by the time you get married, by your wedding day, if, if you won't be happier that you made that decision and your wedding night won't be more special. I, say, I always tell them this. I say, otherwise, here's what we're going to do, guys. You're going to get married. And guess what? After the ceremony, why don't we all just go to dinner or go to the movies or something? And they look at me like, what are you talking about? We're going to have a reception. We're going to have our wedding night. I go, yeah, but what's your wedding night? It's worth nothing. If Your wedding night was the same thing you did the night before and the same thing you did the night before that. There's no threshold. There's no like, ooh, isn't this amazing? We're, so what? Now you're married. Now, dude, now you're stuck with her, Mr. Mr. Groom. You're stuck with her. That's the only difference. So I tell you what, make it special. I'm not going to judge you for the past. Make it special and don't have sex between now and the day of the wedding and see if you're not grateful. And I'll tell you something, every time I do a wedding— And the couple takes up the challenge and they fulfill it. And I show up on the wedding day and I get, and I'm cause you know, you're always hanging out with the groom. If you're the, if you're the guy performing the ceremony and I go to the groom, I say, Hey, tell me, are you fired up about tonight or what? And this guy, he gets, he blushes and he gets all, you know, and he starts, he acts like a little kid cause he is fired up about that night. Why? Cause he hasn't done anything with his soon to be wife for several months or whatever. And he is looking forward to that like it's nobody's business. Now, And I ask him, I say, are you glad you took the challenge? And most of the time, this is a guy who's not even a Christian, marrying someone who's not a Christian. And every single time, the guy says, oh yeah, I am so glad that I defined my relationship based on getting to know her soul rather than only pretending and playing house and playing being married and pretending, okay, and then having all of the the the, uh, the issues that come along with being sexually involved with the someone. And every time they look at me, they go, oh, I can't, I'm so excited. Thank you for that advice. Every single time. And I say this to you because that's where we start. So men, if you start off by saying to a woman, listen, I don't know, whatever you believe is, uh, is, is, is immaterial to me in this point. I'm telling you right now, this is how I'm going to treat you. I will not have sex with a woman until I'm married. And see if that doesn't radically transform the way she responds to you. Because she's freaked out, wondering what's, what you're going to do with her. Because, she, because there's no rules anymore. There's no lines anymore. We don't know how to handle the beautiful gift of sex. And so we just give up on each other. And we run away from intimacy. And we run away from closeness. We want to. we run away from the opportunity of two lives to be, to be woven together over the period of a lifetime, you can't even understand the power of that if you haven't experienced it. So the first thing is this. Man, there's got to be a commitment to godliness sexually. All right? That's the first thing. Now, let me give you a little dating advice as well. So I was, so I was at Starbucks the other night, and I was, I was uh, doing some work. I was, I was out in California, and I overheard this guy come in. And it was clear he was on a first date with this scout. It was a Friday night. And it was very casual. You know, it wasn't like it was a formal thing. He was just meeting her for coffee. But they didn't know each other very well. And you could tell they were just kind of starting to break the ice. This guy walks in and he apologizes. He's like 15, 20 minutes late. And he walks in. He's late. And he's going on and on and on, making excuse after excuse. And the guy proceeds to talk for like 20 minutes. And in 20 minutes, he reveals the fact that he was suspended from his job and you know he got he got investigated for something but it wasn't his fault and yada 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 i'm going man you have just bl- thrown out all of your cards meanwhile this woman's sitting here and she's hardly saying anything guys i got a great date tip for you when you sit down with a woman for the first time and you're trying to get to know her ask her questions what do i ask her Ask her anything. Ask her about her job. Ask her about a family. Ask her where she grew up. Ask her what she likes. Ask her what her favorite color is. Ask her what her favorite animal is. Who cares? But make the conversation about her and let her open up. And this guy was just nailing his coffin. shut. I almost got up and said, man, brother, can I help you? I just want to help you. You need to just shut your mouth for like five minutes, okay? Or this date is done. But anyway, I didn't because... Sometimes you just got to learn things on your own. Second thing I tell you guys is this. Find something bigger than yourself to fight for. Find something bigger than yourself to fight for. You know one of the biggest problems in America right now, my friends? There's nothing to fight for. There's nothing to fight for. We've lost a sense of vision for who we could be. Now, I believe that the gospel— gives us a tremendous vision for our lives, for our families, for everything else. But we've lost as a society a sense for fighting for something that is bigger than ourselves. My buddy Corbett, super studly guy. He was a, uh, an army ranger, West Point guy, and just could run circles around me um, even when he's asleep. But he gave me, um, a couple of months ago, he sent me this. This is a British S-A-S, British Special Forces Prayer. I want you to hear this. It goes like this. I bring this prayer to you, Lord, for you alone can give what one cannot demand from oneself. This, this is a prayer I'm reading from the British Special Forces. Give me, Lord, what you have left over. Give me what no one else asks for. I don't ask you for rest or quiet, whether of soul or body. I don't ask you for wealth, nor for success, nor even health, perhaps. That sort of thing, you get asked for so much that you can't have any of it left. Give me, Lord, what you have left over. Give me what no one wants from you. I want insecurity, strife, and I want you to give me these once and for all so that I can be sure of having them always since I shall not always have the courage to ask you for them. Give me, Lord, what you have left over give me what others want nothing to do with but give me courage too and strength and faith for you alone can give what one cannot demand from oneself guys we got to start praying stuff like that we got to start praying stuff like that i got i got i have a theory and if you want to disagree with me give me a call you can call me at 602-368-3776 we only have a few minutes left but i got a theory If more men prayed prayers like that, women would melt. They would melt because the right woman melts around guys who pray prayers like that. The right woman melts around a man who says, you know what, honey? I'm living my life for Christ first, independent of your opinion of me, independent of your expectations of me. And the things I want to achieve are far bigger than I can achieve on my own. And I'm just looking for someone brave enough to go on the adventure with me, to go on this crazy ride with me. But I can promise you, it may not be safe. It might be a little scary. But I promise you, I'm going to live my life for Jesus. And I'm going to honor you because I first honor him. I was doing marriage counseling with a couple a little while ago. And it was amazing because the bride and the groom, wonderful people, both, both devout devoted Christians, and the one gal was saying, she said, you know, I'm concerned that sometimes when, when my, my soon-to-be husband's away on business trips and, and these guys go out, and what if they go to a strip joint? What if they're, what if they're out in a situation where all the guys want to go out and get women and do whatever, and, and I'm afraid that he's—what what if he is unfaithful to me when he's all by himself when he's away? And she was concerned and afraid of that. And his response, this young man's response, was just perfect. And he said, you know what? He said her name. He said, I want to tell you, you can rest assured that I'm never going to do that because I honor God first. So regardless of, of, of your fear, regardless of whether you were in my life or not, I, w- I just wouldn't do that. See, men like that are going to change this world. Men like that are going to lift us out of the malaise that we're in. Men like that are going to get other men off the couch shutting the video games off. And by the way, a couple of video games, no big deal. I don't think I'm like all anti-video game, but you know what I'm saying, right? There's a virtual world out there that can just be bigger than the real one. We got to get out of that. But men like that are going to lift families, are going to lift this society. And that's the kind of guys that we need, okay? Now I got one minute left and I just want to remind you of something. If you liked this broadcast today, please, Go to timjacobslive.com. Now I tell you, I've been having a little issue getting the podcast uploaded. I'm gonna fix that because I gotta get last week's on, because last week I had um, Professor Andre Mooney from GCU on talk about Ferguson. You gotta hear that broadcast. It was very good. If you want to hear this broadcast, you can go to TimJacobslive.com and catch that. Send me an email, Tim Jacobs. Actually, it's Tim at CompassChurchaz.com. I'd love to interact with you, okay? It has been such a pleasure to be with you. Remember, stay strong love God, have a positive outlook because things are only going to get better here in the Valley of the Sun. And put that top down if you've got a convertible, all right? God bless. Have a wonderful day. See you next week. You've been listening to Life 360 with Tim Jacobs. Make sure you follow Tim on Facebook.com slash Pastor Tim Jacobs or on Twitter at Tim G. Jacobs. Join us again next week at 4 p.m. as we cross the intersection of faith and life, gospel and culture, and get all we can out of the life God has given us.